what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV network. My name is Alan Jackson, and with me, as always, my brother in tech, Brian Jackson. How are you doing, Brian? Alan, I am I am so good. I am so good. It's the, really? it's the end of the – well, it is. It's the end of the year, yeah. right? Me, I've got my semester out of the way. Um, I've True. been eating and drinking an awful lot, and uh, <laughs> the holidays have been holidays have been good so far. So uh, you, how are you doing? Different. They've been different, well, but they've been good, you know? It's I different. Mean, it's, it's different just in terms of, uh, you know, we did a big family Zoom, which, you know, of course, talking technology here, that's what, what we're doing. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of alluded to it early in the year, I think about April or May, when we did a whole episode on working from home and kind of uh, preparing for a situation where people were doing more stuff from home. Uh, you know, it affected the holidays too, but we had a good, we had a good holidays here as well. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good. I mean, Alan, let's, let's be honest, right? I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that people dread about the holidays, right? You know, getting around family and sometimes it extends a little too long and, uh, but you know, when it's digital, right, you just press the know. end, you press the end, the meeting and you know it's pretty much or over, just, right? Or just claim internet went out and say, I don't know what happened. The internet yep. went out. So sorry, we, we can't talk anymore. Yeah. Yep. Um, it was different. It's a different year, but uh, you know, overall, overall, good holiday season, and it is the end of twenty twenty. So, oh, thank Brian, God. I know, really, uh, we, you and I, we we said at our last episode that we thought we were done for the year, and we kind of put a bow on that season of our episodes. We're going to wait and do a new season, but you know what? We just we just can't stay yeah, away from just the, can't get enough, man. The, the podcast can't get enough. microphone here, so we uh, <laughs> decided to pop out one more episode. That's kind of a year-end one. We figured and it's not, it's not at all that we're just incredibly bored and <laughs> something else to do, right? That has nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. So you said basically you're not working right now. I am um, not working. No. This you, is so. This, this is, is really. This is what you got going on right now. Just yeah. this, this, this episode recording. This this is my life right now. Yes. This yeah. is fantastic. I so. really sh- I really should have gone into higher education. <laughs> <laughs> this time of year, yes, I I make sure you all know about it as well, right? This is a this is a good time of year. So. Yeah, this is the time of year where I get texts from Brian like, "Hey, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> you want to talk? You want to record a talk. podcast? What do you want to?" He's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, "I'm working, but okay, I can stop for you right now." <laughs> like, why why are you working? It's like a oh oh wait a minute, it's Wednesday. Oh, never mind. <laughs> People people work on Wednesdays, right? It okay. is one of those weekdays that people work <clears throat> to. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but you know, well, I have this, had I have had a good time this year. This has been this has been fun. You and I kind of we've we've gotten together more this year than uh, than we have in many 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 years, right? Uh, combined, uh, we've yep. gotten a chance to get together you know, once a week, or what adds up to once a week by the time we do it. And um, we did 12 it, series this this year. That was pretty impressive, yeah. right? One a month. So we basically did one. Yeah, we did uh, four episodes a month, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so almost um, almost 50 episodes we did yeah. of this show in the past year. Brian, it's the most you and I have talked 
since we had to share a bedroom together back when we were little kids growing up. Yeah. And I, and, and honestly, then, I, think, I think even then, I think this is more now, than that. Yeah. There was more talking then. It was mostly yelling and throwing things at each other. This is the longest, most civil conversations we've had. True. Very true. I will, uh, I will absolutely agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's been fun. It's been fun. I mean, this is what we, uh, this is what we do, right? So we're, uh, we're here to help the, the common person, the uh, the uh, the home technology uh, person who needs a uh, needs some assistance or just likes to geek out a little bit about uh, about tech at their house and um, uh, and this has been fun. You know, I've I've learned a lot this year, uh, not from you, you know, but from my research no, that I've done, and um, yeah. uh, and uh, it's been fun to to dig into this a little bit. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, we've helped some other people out there as well. Yeah, I think we have. I've gotten some <laughs> some notes and thoughts and questions yeah. from people, and I think uh, some people really have enjoyed listening. And I mean, there's there's two people in Alaska you. that love us, right? They do. I mean, they, they do. Yeah, yeah. They obviously have a lot going on that uh, that choose to choose to listen to our episodes. <laughs> or maybe in some country where podcasting is strictly restricted, and ours is the only show that people Ooh. can get. No, the forbidden forbidden fruit. <laughs> the forbidden <laughs> fruit. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, looking back over the all the topics we talked about for the year, Brian. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we've covered the gamut and a lot of things. I mean, just I hitting the, the topics title wise, we talked about streaming services, like like TV streaming services. We talked about your digital assistants, home home digital assistants, mm-hmm. how to go paperless. We talked about you know what kind of how you get your internet access and different levels of internet access and what to know about that. Backup, which was a personal oh, favorite of man, mine. That was your that was your baby. Man, that was your baby. I kind of feel like the show might have hit a high at that at that moment. I think at that point, I think we saw peak quality and just a lot of really good content, a lot of really good information in that in that one month span there. Yeah, no, I th- I think there was a ton of people that got super excited about backing up their content. <laughs> <laughs> You really, I mean, you wowed them. You really did. And, and, and it was went, impressive. And then we went the next month directly into computers, which kind of seems like it might have been a little backwards. But, uh, <laughs> Maybe you might need a computer before the backup. That's yeah, it's, it's interesting hindsight, Alan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, hmm. uh, you know, we, we talked email, which was, uh, yeah. uh, I think, uh, pretty, pretty interesting. Then probably my favorite ones, I'll go ahead and say it. It, it was my favorite episode, I think. It's when we got into like photography and, and mainly mm, because with cool. digital photography, Brian, I, I, I know enough to be dangerous, but you, you definitely have a lot of knowledge in that area. I found myself actually learning quite a bit and I'm, I'm being serious and, and honest here being the, uh, being the, the good big brother here and saying that, yes, you, you taught me quite a bit in that uh, series of episodes. So thank you very much for that. And, I'm, uh, I'm seriously just waiting for you to, to come with the the follow up no, gag, no, nothing. seriously, got wow. nope. That uh, was a very heartfelt, serious, uh, serious admission there. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Henry, we went to digital video, which. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, yeah, that's right. Sorry, I'm seeing your hand signals. Yes, I learned a lot from you, Alan. In that, uh... <laughs> oh, that's cool, fine. Nice I really did. I really did. I learned. I learned a good bit from you in that. Um, yeah. 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 We'll just, we'll stick with that. I, I learned a lot from you, Alan. Um, <laughs> then we went into uh, music and audio, which I think we're both, we were kind of keen on um, and uh, you know, covering a little bit about home audio and, and ways in which to, to access audio and to 
kind of stream your audio, which I think was was pretty cool. Um, then we went into my world, right? The health and fitness, um, which I, I kind of geeked out on a little bit, which was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and then we finished with home automation, which which was kind of cool because, you know, we talked about digital assistants earlier in the year. And really these home automation kind of ties in with the digital assistants. So we're able to kind of wrap it all together about all these things that we've been covering that uh, there are ways of automating those. So I, I, uh, I definitely took a few things from that uh, series and have started to try to use those in my, uh, my own life. So uh, we covered yeah. a lot. This was, this was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, throughout the year too, we, we talked about we, every episode we gave a bits, one of our brothers in tech suggestions, kind of a product, a gadget, a, a piece of software or website, whatever it may be that we wanted to recommend as something that we think people ought to check out or use. What, what did you call those again? Colors, the bits, bits. Yeah. Who, who, yeah, that's interesting. Who came up with that? Like, bits, I really don't B-I-T. remember. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember. Okay. I think it was a listener. <laughs> well, I can tell you that was not the case. <laughs> Oh, I can tell you, Alec, come on. There wasn't enough listeners engaged to, to give us that. Come on. No. All right. Yeah, that was me. You got that. that was me. That was you. Yeah. You did good with yeah. that. Yeah. Thank you. The Brothers in Tech suggestion. So, so Brian, was there a Brothers in Tech suggestion mm-hmm. from throughout the year that either was something you recommended and just really have kind of doubled down on since then or continued using and found it to be a really worthy suggestion or, or – uh, or God forbid, one that I gave and that you actually started listening to and used. Yeah, I yeah, I had to really search back to see if there was anything you gave that was that was worth my time. Uh, but I will tell you, um, okay, so something that uh, one of our episodes that really did change what I do. Uh, going back to the uh, third episode or the third series was going paperless, okay. and that one really has uh, changed me. It's changed what I do. Um, yeah, well, because I, uh, my competitive nature noticed that you were further along in the paperless world than I was. And I just, I couldn't stand that at all. Um, so, uh, so since that time I have, uh, we'd have zero paper in our house right now. Uh, we burned all of our books and we no longer, (laughs) we, we decided to take pictures of every page of every book we have. Um, <laughs> no, actually, the the going paperless really did kind of get me thinking about things, and uh, uh, and I uh, looking back at that one, there's a um, there's a bit that I gave uh, at that time. Now you gave some good bits as well during that mm-hmm. series, but there was one that I gave that I had just started using. It was called Genius Scan, and it was an app for your phone uh, that just makes it super easy to scan a document, store it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I have it linked up with my Google drive. So I have it when I scan a document, uh, right away, I can take multiple pages or pictures of pages of the, uh, the document itself. So any bill that comes into the house, it doesn't make it past the kitchen, which is our first, you know, uh, step into the house it stays on our counter. I take pictures of it. I rip up the bills or the documents and 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 throw them in the uh, the recycling. So right away, when I take that scan, it gets scanned straight into uh, my Google Drive. And uh, and a suggestion that you gave, I'm not sure it was a bit, but um, about scanning everything to a uh, a uh, 
a folder and then going every once in a while and just sorting out the folder and sorting it into multiple subfolders. So I have subfolders for all of my bills, all of our accounts, and I'll just scan them with the the title and uh, the month that the bill came in. And then every once in a while go and sort them out. And it's been fantastic not to have any paper, not to have any bills, um, you know, anything. Actually, we have like a you know, we take our dog to the vet and we get a receipt, scan that right away, and it goes in the recycling. So we do not have paper getting into our uh, file cabinet. Um, so now I'm excited about I still have not opened up my file cabinet to go and either scan old things or just get rid of them. Um, but yeah, you know I'm what? certainly at, not adding to point, it right now. At some point, Brian, you got a question. How often have you ever needed to go back into that paper file cabinet. Right. And I kind of, all right, here again, I'm going to mention this whole house move several times on this episode because it has been a big change for me. And part of what I had to do when I moved just two weeks ago, seriously, I've been, well, actually like a week and a half ago is I had a whole file cabinet full of papers that I just had kept around and I had to make the decision. Say, look, I have not opened that file cabinet in at least a year for any reason. So nothing in there has any bearing to me, at least in the last year. So I trashed it. And nice. will there be a piece of paper I probably will need to find at some point in the future? <clears throat> probably so. But I, I have confidence that just about anything I need, I can get online some way, shape, or form. So I'm not terribly worried about it. And right. so far, you know, I haven't found anything I'm missing. So, yeah. I just, no, uh, I'm, just, I'm, I'm with just, you. The file cabinet cabinet is becoming a thing of the past, right? A a physical file cabinet is uh, much less useful for me now. And and, and now I will say, yes, I've been scanning things, but you're exactly right when you said, if you really came to me and said, hey, listen, I need your mortgage statement from 2018, I can log in and and get it, right? So do I really need what the paper version of... Now, there's a few things that... We do not have auto pay on, will not allow us to use auto pay yeah. that I want coming in as paper. And I probably should make them change them to emails uh, just to mm-hmm. notify us. But at least with the paper, there's two people in our household that see it and we're sure. going to act on it. But other than that, anything that is already doing auto pay, I'm going to stop stop yeah, that now I'm, and get access to it. Going forward, I mean, I still think you know, if paper comes into the house, that's fine. Just scan it and and then do something with it. But I'm saying for anything past that, you yeah. know, I just say, man, trash it, burn yeah. it, yeah. get rid of it. No. it I, 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 I am so much happier and feel so much more refreshed in my life when I don't have stacks of paper around me or a file cabinet off to the side that I know is filled with paper. Um, something about it's very freeing not to have. Yeah. Like yeah. here in this new desk area I moved into, I've got a den with a built-in desk. And that's one thing that I wasn't, very happy about when I moved in this house is there's already this huge built-in bookshelf with a desk in it. And I, I want to use the desk because I don't like wasting the idea of a desk sitting here, but it's already had its drawers and its cabinet, certain sizes mm-hmm. and a certain layout. And I'm like, Oh man, I got to figure out how to move, put all my files there and papers here and all that. I thought, no, actually I don't need papers. I don't need file stuff. So I'm going to do this without it. And it's a lot more freeing of your space and yeah. Yeah. mental mental clarity. So uh, I like it. Can I just can I just say how built-ins, it's really a challenging thing. We we are also looking at houses right now. And you think the built-ins are a great thing when you when you create them. But you know, a built-in, like a built-in with a with a cutout for a TV, horrible idea. Nope. 
Absolutely horrible idea, right? It makes no sense um, because TVs change, the sizes change, the depth change. You don't need anything. It doesn't look as good when it's in a a hole as opposed to on the wall, whatever. So that's one of those things that, uh, boy, that's a a fail from previous years, right? That people use TVs. Well, a home entertainment center, I mean, okay, if you got a nice built-in bookshelf that is only meant for a bookshelf, that's probably okay. Okay, books, books are going to be around, right. Books, okay. But anything that's an entertainment center or yeah. a desk, I think right. the built-in is a bad move. Now, I like my built-in desk. It's it's classy. It's cool. It has some good character to it. But yeah, trying to fit my 27-inch monitor I use with my laptop in here, it's basically wedged into this spot because yeah. it's not meant for a large monitor. Um. I got to use the under lighting of, of it. It's just, it's not ideal. Yeah. I'm going to make it work because I don't like wasting space and it is a cool looking place. But, um, and then drilling holes. Yeah. There were no holes anywhere in any of the drawers or any of the shelves Ooh, in this built in. Not made so for anything wires. I right? to put with anything with a wire. I had to drill holes in the back corners of everything. Yeah. So it's uh, tough. Yeah. Just future home builders. Don't do the built-ins. Right. Just right. Let people build their own desk and entertainment centers. No, that's one of those things that does not <clears throat> does not stand up the test of time. Right. The the idea of future proofing. Right. Technology technology took off in different directions from where people started using the the built-in. They thought the the cabinetry for the you know the uh, the entertainment center, the the TV. Uh, those things were all needed. The shelf for the VCR, right? Those things that just wasn't wasn't working long term. So, um, yeah, I hope uh, hope that's a a thing of the past, and uh, so we kind of get past that. Well, yeah. Alan, I've I've got another one that I'll bring up in a minute, but I thought I'd bounce it to you a little bit. So, why don't you give us one of your uh, what was your either favorite episode or uh, or well, something that I you learned you- from me. I mentioned the digital photography I thought was a really good episode. That was probably yeah. the one I feel like yeah. I learned the most from. And uh, because on most of the episodes, you and I had a lot of experiences to share on topics. Uh, but the digital photography, I really, I, I mean, I really found that helpful. And I've actually been able to use some of those ideas even in some of my own uh, photography and videography since then. Cool. Um, but the one bit, the one Brothers in Tech suggestion you gave uh, during our email episode, which I also thought was a good a good series of episodes talking about the ins and outs of email and different email clients and features. Uh, you recommended one called spark that um, I right away after hearing and, and reading about it, uh, did download it, did start using it. It is now my, it is my mail client. It has oh, wow. Been You're sticking with it. Good for yep. you. Uh, and I guess about seven months now. Wow. And um, it is on my desktop. It's on my phone. It's on my tablet all in sync. I've got my five email accounts. I managed through that and it works really nice. And hmm. ever since Mac OS and Mac iOS let, or Apple iOS let you now choose a different program yeah. to be your default email program. Yep. I'm set. Cause that was always my biggest hangup is anytime I clicked the link that somebody gave me or an email address on a website, it would automatically open up Apple mail now that I can so say, can no, open up it. Spark, then I'm good. And it yep. works really great. So um, Spark's been great. I mean, it, Do you it, have any it, concerns still, with it? Any issues? No, uh, I, I run into a couple little more like interface quirks here and mm-hmm. there, but it, it's not anything a showstopper and it's not anything I can't work around. Yeah. Um, but overall, functionality and speed is really good for me. And uh, 
I use the snoozing like all the time. Yeah, That's how I'm yeah, my email yeah. pretty, pretty religiously there. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's been, it's been really good. I'm really, do you have any, do you have anybody else that uses it? Cause I know they have the, what is it? The teams feature teams. where you can kind of, yeah, you haven't no, tried that nobody yet. else in my team is using it. And I thought yep. the teams feature was a little overpriced. So I didn't yep. really think it was worth it for that. Um, so it's just me, just me using yep. it, but uh, I haven't had any compatibility issues with anybody else. And uh, yeah, I really like it. I just, I wanted something that was going to work equally well on all of my devices. Yeah. I wanted something that had the snooze feature, the send later fe- feature for emails. Um, I need something pretty fast for searching. And this does a pretty good fast search on um, all my email archives. So I've been really happy. So I'm still with Spark. It's great. I continue to look look at other ones that come around, some new ones that get introduced, but nothing's kind of taken me off this path yet. So, well, I'll yeah. tell you, in my my time off here, where I have some uh, some time to to play with these things, I'll probably go back to Spark. I actually did leave Spark um, because I I think I mentioned to you before, Outlook on iOS has just been the most rock solid email client that I have uh, experienced. And I've tried a lot of them. Um, So I keep going back to it. The problem is it does not have the snooze feature, which is something I really want to utilize more often. And uh, so I'm going to probably go back to Spark. And I can't remember why I left Spark for a bit. I think it was mainly one of my email uh, clients or email uh, services it's getting a little funky with it, but uh, mm. I'm going to go back to it. Oh, the, uh, that's right. the The issue is if your if your email is on a Exchange server, and mm. having access to a directory yeah. is not working in Spark, and that was a big thing okay. for me. Being at a university, I couldn't just pull up a student's name, type it in, and get their email like I can right. do on Outlook or Mail. Um, but once Spark gets that, absolutely, I'm going to be uh, back into that. So. Well, see, now you made me feel really good. You feel feel really good. That's two things that I taught you this year. So, can I just tell you that email snoozing? I can't stress enough how much of a game changer this is. If Uh, people are not using this, can it be dangerous? Absolutely. Could it be overused? Yes, it could be. It could get you in trouble. But I'll tell you this: you know, when I get emails that come in my inbox, there's always that that desire to say, Ooh, I feel like I've got to like address it now, or I've got to read it now. But yet if I know I'm going to have dedicated time to work on a certain project and that email is going to be related to that project. And I know that I'm going to work on that Friday morning, then I'm snoozing that email to Friday morning. Yeah. So it doesn't yeah. clutter up my inbox. I don't get distracted by it. And then it pops in my inbox at the exact right time that I need it to. So like I have time carved out on Monday morning, uh, the beginning of the work week is when I uh, you know, do some invoicing and I do uh, some updating of my records and I check on project status and I update my to-do list. So if I get any email throughout the week that I know is related to one of those tasks, I just snooze it to Monday morning. I've got that as a shortcut. Say, yep, Monday morning, 7.30 a.m., pop it in my inbox. That's great. So when 7.30 yep. comes around, all those bo- uh, pop in my inbox. I'm like, yep, those are all ones I need to deal with now. I didn't have to worry about it until then. So I love it. Yeah, my favorite feature of anything going on right now in technology. So, hmm. and just a, a quick key on that for those that are interested in doing the snooze feature, just make sure that all of your email clients have that access. So, you, you, as you said, you're using the same one across because mm-hmm. doing a snooze on your your iOS device and then going back to your laptop 
where the snooze is not there, it shows up and there's all sorts of quirkiness. But yeah, um, yeah if you can commit to one email client and getting across all your devices that does the snoozing, I am totally with you. It is yeah. it's such a great way to organize your your world of, hey, I've got these 10 things that just came in, but all of a sudden I can go to a zero inbox because I know several of them are not things I need to do right now. And I can yeah. snooze it to when I'm going to have time. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. Or I get, you know, I'm, I, I do film criticism on the, on the side. I'm part of a film critic association. I get all these screening announcements of films I could watch. I know I'm not going to watch any of them till the weekend. So it's like yeah. snooze yep. them, snooze them to fri- Friday at five o'clock. And then I've got my whole weekend. I can read through and look at them then not nice. get distracted. So yeah, it's great stuff. I love it. <laughs> Um, Brian, did you have, you said you had another, yeah, I do. And, and, and I want to give you a little bit of props here because I don't remember if this was actually a, um, a bit or not. And you'll have to remind me, I can't remember if it was a bit or if it was just something that connected to some of our bits, but you got me into this, uh, set app, which is a subscription service for, uh, a number of applications, uh, through, uh, through, uh, Mac OS, and I have just absolutely loved it. So it's what is it? Ten dollars a month, and you get access to just a suite of different um, applications, things that I would normally not pay for um, because I wouldn't be willing to to try them. Uh, but the fact that I really love trying new applications and I don't want to pay for all of them, this gives me a chance to do that. And I think you and I both agreed when we talked about it earlier in the year that Clean My Mac, which is the application that one of the applications that comes in set up. I use all the time. I use it religiously and I love it. It is such a solid app. It is well worth the $9 a month that I pay for it. Um, but now there's a number of others that I use. I use um, I use one, uh, gosh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's um, it's a clipboard manager. So I don't know if you've, you've got one of these or not, Alan, but here's another tip that I have for people that's been a big game changer for me this year is I do a lot of copy and paste, whether it's mm-hmm. you know copying from... Uh, one email to another, sending multiple things to or to, uh, the same thing to multiple people. And what I don't like about copying pasting is that it only remembers your last copy and paste. And there is a uh, clipboard manager, and, and let me try to think about the name of it real quick. Uh, but I use it all the time, and I just notice it doesn't have the name on the app when I pull it up. Uh, but what it allows you to do is it keeps your clipboard. So the things you copy and paste, it keeps like the last 25 or 50 of them, whatever you set it to. Um, so this one is wow. called, I've used one in the past called copied, which was great. Uh, this one's called paste, P-A-S-T-E, <laughs> right? Makes okay. sense. So what's nice is that I have a, a keystroke. For me, I set it up as what shift command V like I would for uh, for pasting. Mm-hmm. And it pulls up a tray on the bottom of your computer that shows you all the things you've copied for the last 25 or 50 things. So it may oh, be wow. something I copied three copies ago, but I can now go down there and drag it into wherever I want to paste it now. Or I can right click on it and say, paste it as plain text into mail or whatever. And it just yeah. makes it so what I'm copying, pasting a lot, um, that I can continue to keep up with those. And, um, because there's just so many times, uh, you know, for example, grading, I'm grading papers and I'm grading digital papers and I've got mm-hmm. students that are making the same mistake over and over and I want to copy and paste the comments I'm giving them. But I'm also copying, pasting things like the header of the email that I'm sending out to them with their feedback mm-hmm. that says, 
you know, assignment feedback. Well, I copy and paste that and then I start a new email, but I want to copy and paste to now something else. So all of a sudden I'm going back and copying, pasting things out of order multiple times. But I pull open this tray with a keystroke and it shows those five things that I've been copying, pasting, just dragging them into where they're going to be used. So, and all that wow. happened because of setup. I wouldn't have bought that application sight unseen, sure. but the fact that you can go and try it, um, given with your uh, subscription, it's just been fantastic. So, uh, so I can't recommend that enough for people who like to continue to look for new ways to do things and are not just set in their ways. They want to see uh, new uh, applications. Setup is a uh, fantastic subscription. So, well, I, I mean, yeah, you're you're preaching to the choir here, Brian. I, I, I yeah. love it. I, uh, I, there are eleven apps that I use from Setup wow. on a regular basis. Hmm. Absolutely on a regular basis. I use the To Do uh, app. Okay. The, yep. To Do as my To Do app. I use the Any Transfer iOS to transfer files from my iPhone or iPad to my Mac. Oh, um, I haven't used plugging that. It up. I can go in and transfer uh, individual photos or videos if I don't want to have to go through Apple Photos to try to import them that way. I use ChronoSync Express to do a lot of my backups and synchronizing of drives. I use Clean My Mac all the time. Love yep. it. They just put out a VPN called Clear VPN, which I yep. was able to get rid of another VPN service I was using and now use theirs. Downy is where you can download YouTube videos or other uh, online videos automatically. Use that almost daily. Uh, Forklift is an FTP program I use almost daily right now. Uh, Gemini finds duplicates of uh, photos or other files to help minimize those duplicates in your photo library. Jump Desktop is a uh, remote desktop app. I've got it installed on my laptop and my (laughs) Uh, iPad and my media server, so I can actually hop between them and control them remotely. And then MoneyWiz, I'm using as my uh, checkbook manager and uh, bank account manager. Wow. And, uh, so yeah, I I get my money's worth on Setup. There's yeah, that's do. for sure. I um nine nine or ten dollars a month, and I'm using eleven apps that I would have had to pay for individually. It's uh it's been great. It's really good. Have you have you used the Tech Sniper? Have you used that one? I have not. Yeah, I, that, I have, that was pretty cool. I, I need to get into the whole multiple clipboards, uh, yeah. Yeah. keystroke macros, having kind of uh, pre-made text and things are dropping. I need to get into that. That's that's an area I haven't really spent much time exploring. Yeah, but I think that would be a big uh, time saver for me. I just uh, I haven't jumped in. But I need well, to. that's I think that's one of the beauties of a service like this is that. If you're willing to sit down and say, okay, what are the things that I do that I really wish could be more efficient and seeing if this thing has something to try out, you're not wedded to it, you're not committed to it, right? You can give it a shot. So this tech sniper is an, is an example where um, it it allows you to do a uh, drag, uh, so kind of a clipboard um, uh, text grab. So you could go like you would with a... Um, uh, a screen capture where you could go and click and drag over any text. So let's say it's an image, right? You're seeing an image uh, and uh, an ad that is placed online. You could drag your cursor over this thing and it will grab that text. And and it's not something that was made in text, right? It could be, it could be something that was an image that had text on it, right? And it will take that text, copy it, and then allow you to then drop it into anything else. So it's incredibly cool 
a simple way of saying, is there any text on my screen that I would like to quickly grab, like a quote or a um, or something from a PDF or something that wasn't made initially in a way that's uh, yeah. easy to grab? So, uh, you know, mm. again, those are things I would never go out and look for something to do that with. I would never go out and buy something that would do that because that's such a small, you know, efficiency piece. But the fact that I use it then and realize that saves me a little bit of time. I don't have to pay any extra money for it from what I'm already paying is great. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big believer. Uh, it may not be anything who's set in their ways and that really likes to just stick with what you have and not see new things. But if you're someone who really would like to try to find new efficiencies, this is a great efficient way of doing it. Um, so you can, and, the, and, the, and I think they're really good, right? Every month or every week, maybe they're even putting out a new application and saying, here's our new yeah. one. So they're really good. And I mean, especially if you're like a developer, there's a lot of development tools and apps they keep releasing. Those are the ones I don't have any value for. I don't, I don't use, right. but um, if you were in that development world, I think there's a lot of, a lot of great tools they yeah, have on that subscription cool. app. So yeah, I don't mind paying the ten dollars a month for that. That's a right. that would be a that would be a tough one if I had to give that all up. So yep, no, sure. I'm with you. I'm with you. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. All right, so we had a lot of good uh, bits and kind of uh, things we talked about from uh, from the from the the whole year of our conversations, Brian. But uh, overall, if I had to ask you, put you on the spot right now, what is a what is a home technology that you're using, whether it's something we've talked about throughout the year or not? What's what's a home technology right now you feel like is if you had to really were forced to pick kind of a favorite home tech going on right now for you? What what would it be? No, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, well, given that we've been, my wife and I have been at home a lot lately, uh, as everyone has, and um, TV has become a, a pretty important part of our life. Uh, you know, we're, we're engaging with movies and streaming lots of things. Uh, this is a, this is a bit that I gave earlier in the year, and you were right in, right in line with me on this. Uh, YouTube TV has still yeah. been the absolute best streaming TV service out there. And uh, I would tell you, Alan, I wanted to bring it up because a couple of weeks ago, uh, so my wife and I are with T-Mobile, right? Our, our cell phones are with T-Mobile. And T-Mobile just came out with their own TV service. Uh, I can't remember what the name of it is, but something TV. Uh, for those that are T-Mobile uh, users, you get it for less than what you know, YouTube TV is, I think it's, you know, maybe $40 a month or something instead of the 60. <clears throat> so we were in kind of this mode of, well, we'll try it, right? We'll give it a shot. I think they were going to give you a free week to, to give it a shot. So we tried it and we thought, you know, if we could save ourselves some money, great. So we started giving this a shot and it's funny, it had the exact same channels. Uh, the, uh, uh, we could get some of the same, it had, um, it had a, a less, uh, the DVR setup was a little different. You know, we talked about before YouTube TV has unlimited DVR, but it's not really DVR, right? I mean, what it's doing is it's giving you access to those things for a certain amount of time, right? <clears throat> so this had like 100 hours of uh, DVR or something. So we decided to give it a shot. And it was about two days in that we both looked at each other and said, this is not anywhere close to what YouTube TV is. Wow. And there's no way we're going to stick with this because 
Um, the, the things that U2TV has done with user interface, with ease of recording things, mm-hmm. uh, to me, it just, it's, it is, uh, it's the best service out there. Um, I, I think hands down, um, yeah. you know, give me a quick example. I love the Portland trailblazers, right? That's, uh, I watch all of their games, but you notice if I, if I went on any other TV service and said, I want to watch Portland trailblazers. You know, it would look for anything that said Portland Trailblazers in the TV, uh, and it would start recording those. Okay, well, the problem is that if it's on different um, channels, you can't just go and say, I want to record everything on this channel that does that. UTTV says, hey, anything that has Portland Trailblazers in it whatsoever, we'll record that for you. Oh, you like the Seattle Seahawks? Great. We'll record those for you as well. And it makes it so easy to make sure you never miss a game or you never miss a particular episode of something. Um, their search service is so good. And um, so I tell you that to me right now is a technology that I am just in love with. Uh, sadly, they increased their price. Uh, and I thought right when they did it, I thought, oh, you know, forget it. I'm going to cancel. And then I thought, nope, there's still nothing I can get for that they, price. They must have listened. I think Google was listening to our episode <laughs> where we were talking so positively about YouTube TV. Right, right. They said, oh, so we can actually go up on fees a little bit. These guys yeah. will pay it. No, I'm the same way. I, I, uh, I love YouTube TV. It's still my, it's my favorite. Uh, I, I can't imagine switching to something else right now. Uh, I, I did. Uh, did some wheeling and dealing with my internet provider to get a better bandwidth speed at my new location uh, while paying the same price, which I'm quite proud of myself for doing. And uh, of course they tried to pitch the whole, well, you can, we can do this whole online TV service we provide and all this stuff. And I just didn't even bat an eye. It's like, no, I don't, I don't even care if you're throwing it to me free. I yeah. I, I know how it's going to be. I'm happy with what I've got. So YouTube yeah. TV is great. Really YouTube good. TV user interface on YouTube TV is just as about as good as it gets. I think uh, yeah. I think they've done a fantastic job. So, yeah. so that's mine. I'm going to say YouTube TV is my favorite home tech right now. Cool. Um, good. So, what about you? Yeah. Well, I kind of mentioned it again. I'm going to talk about the the home move just because I'm right still. I got I'm surrounded by boxes. I don't know, Brian. You can't see on the camera <laughs> behind me, but it's just boxes everywhere. It's like a whole sea of boxes. Nice and. Um, so I'm still in the midst of a move. We moved into a 1950s home, which is the oldest home I've ever lived in before. And uh, it's got its own inherent challenges. But uh, part of my goal was to say I wanted this home to be as much invisible technology as possible running uh, mm-hmm. underneath the surface. Love the idea of a home that looks old, looks classic, but yet has tons of technology running under the surface that uh, make everything as automated as possible. The biggest key for me was that was the home security system that's running. And I talked about this at the last, I think our last episode, Yeah, I may yeah. have given this as a, as a recommendation. I don't remember. I didn't have it yet, but I was maybe kind of hoping you were talking about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I did invest in the abode home system, home security system. It's really uh, seems to be a better fit for anybody who's on a Mac, Apple, HomeKit system because it does work natively right out of the box with HomeKit very nicely. And uh, super easy to set up. You buy the pieces you want. So I started with the Home Hub, which is basically the camera and motion sensor you put in the corner of your biggest space. And I bought, I got three door sensors because we have three doors coming into the house. And um, 
And then I got a, a, a smoke detector, which I'll talk about in a moment, and a water detector. So those are all pieces you could get individually. And I put them all up. You turn them on. They show up in the Abode app that you can get, but you don't even need the Abode app. You can go straight to HomeKit, and it shows up right away automatically there. So I've got them all plugged into my HomeKit system, all the fingers tips. I can use Siri to control them. But I still have a, a keypad, just like a traditional home security system, because there are four people that live in this house, and we're all very used to having a keypad to punch in a code before we leave uh, or secure or unsecure the house. So we still have it, but we don't have to use it. We can use our phone or we can use Siri to do it as well. Um, it's been great, and I'm probably going to add a few more accessories over time as well. But uh, I just love the integration with HomeKit. I love how Mac-friendly it is. And um, and I haven't even turned on the security plan yet because I don't even know if I want to pay for the monitoring service because right now it does such a great job with notifications every time it tells me, hey, we detected motion on your motion sensor when you're not there. And here we automatically recorded uh, 10 seconds of video to show you what triggered the motion sensor. And you can decide what you want to do if you want to call the, the police or not. And um, I like that flexibility. So I may still go with the actual monitoring plan at some point, but right now I'm not paying anything month to month. I just bought the equipment. It's working great. So very happy with it. It's a great, uh, great setup, very user-friendly. I love the do-it-yourself side of it. And uh, so, yeah, it's the Abode uh, home security system. So Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love the idea, right, of being able to do one system and then kind of build it up to where you need it to be. So, yeah, very cool. Great. Well, Alan, so I mean, you're you're on a roll here. How about so tell us you just did this move into a new house. So why don't you carry on? Tell us tell us what since you probably had to rethink all of your technology as you've gone into this new house. So yeah. is there anything else that you kind of learned from this process, or where are you right now with your home tech? Because we all want to we all want to know. Well, I'm about 75% of the way through this. I, uh, you know, I told my, I told my family going into this thing, I said, look, anything that we're tempted to buy, or we feel like we need that has uh, cords or batteries on it has to run through me because I, <laughs> I, I do not want anything coming into this house that doesn't connect with everything else, if at all possible. And uh, for the most part, I've been able to accomplish that. So I mentioned the home security system. That was kind of step number one. Uh, I found a company that I'm, I've been buying their products the last little bit, light bulbs and outlets. It's a company called Morose, M-E-R-O-S-S. You can get them through Amazon. Uh, the reviews are, you know, if you look at the reviews, it's not the highest in the world. Um, but for the functionality I need, which is all pretty straightforward, um, they work really well. So I've had, uh, I've got three or four smart outlets throughout the house. I've got uh, several light bulbs of theirs in different places in the house as well. And uh, they're good for the price. They are very, very economical um, smart devices. And uh, they even made a outdoor um, smart outlet uh, where you could plug it up and it gives you two outlets off of a, off of a branch and you can control each of those two outlets independently. So I'm going to be using those for our outdoor lights and that's going to be uh, exciting to see. Um, uh, now the a couple of the pieces I've added that I'm really excited about, we have a separate garage. First time we've ever had a separate building for the garage. It's a double car garage. Um, and that's given us our own challenges because, um, 
I'm used to not having to worry about opening the garage door just to get into it. I'm used to just walking into it from my house. So a lot of times uh, my garage door has always open or has always been inside my car. So you can see where the challenge might be. And that if my car is in the garage and I need to open the garage door. Um, so I actually, uh, we have automated uh, Wi-Fi enabled garage door openers coming in. And the one we're using, it's the, what is the name of it? It's the MyQ Smart Garage. And what it does is it basically does, it transmits a signal. You just position it right next to your garage door opener. And so your Wi-Fi or your phone nice. or Siri okay. will just send an automated signal to say, hey, open the garage door. And it opens the garage door. So you don't have to replace the whole garage door opener. You just put this little sensor next to it and it basically does it for you. And you can add a, an additional module, and now you can control both garage door opener, uh, both your doors, if you have two different garage door openers like we do. So that that's a game changer for me. That just means yeah, I don't cool. have to go worry about having a whole other garage door opener sitting in the house that I have to go find and use just to go get my car out of the garage. Yeah. Um, plus, uh, it works with Amazon's key feature, where you can give your key code to Amazon. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. When an Amazon delivery person comes, they have the authority to open your garage door and place your packages inside. Very nice. But they're the only ones who can do that. <clears throat> so I love that as well. That's going to be mm-hmm. really nice. Um, so Alan, does that have a, uh, is there a way to get your, so most cars have, you know, the button up top for uh, getting your garage door open. Can that also work for that? So I mean, are your is your button in your car still working? The garage, okay, okay yeah, as normal. It's not. It's not changing that at all. Okay, all this acts as a, another it's just a remote access inside mm-hmm. the garage from inside the garage. Yeah. So when you on your phone say Siri, open the garage door, it's sending a signal to that this little MyQ device yep. that is then transmitting the exact type of signal that your remote in your car does to open the garage door. Yeah, and you can do that's that from anywhere. Simple. You could be doing that from from the office and tell it that's to open right. and close it. Yeah, that's really somebody cool. called me and said, "Hey, I need to get in your garage for whatever reason. I could open it remotely." And um, and again, I love the Amazon feature. That's that's a yep. nice thing because I like the idea of our packages going in our garage and not on our front doorstep. So, um, yeah, it's great. Really cool. Yeah, um, so that's a great that's a great way for people who have are not ready to switch out their garage door opener. Yeah. But they would like to upgrade it to a, a wireless. It's yeah. like thirty bucks, thirty nice. or forty bucks. So it's not very expensive. A whole is it lot battery better. battery powered? Uh yeah, it is battery powered. Well, no, no, okay. no. I'm sorry, it, oh, no, it has a plug. It has a plug. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, most garage have, door openers are going to have a plug on the ceiling anyway, right? That's so, right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Cool. No, I'm sorry. It's a it's a powered. It's wired. So. All right. Uh, a couple more things. I, I just want to kind of hit these and, and mention these because I'm excited about what's going on here. Um, so we really, I really wanted a key lock on one of our doors because I, I hate keychains, I hate fumbling with all the keys and, um, I have a tendency to also misplace my keys. So just knowing that, uh, I, I'm more likely to leave my keys somewhere than I'm uh, my phone. <laughs> my phone stays on my hip all the time, but, uh, the keys a little more problematic, so I really wanted a, a, a Wi-Fi enabled lock on our mm-hmm. on our door, but I hate the way most of the key locks look, the ones you can get. They actually replace your whole door mechanism. I think they're really ugly. They're just they just don't fit the style of a of a house if you're looking for a certain look to your house. 
So I actually found one and read some reviews, and it's coming in tomorrow. So I'm going to go ahead and say I have not been able to test this out yet. But actually, we have one that we are going to use that is a – it's called a level bolt. And it's an invisible smart lock. So basically, it goes – you have to take your door mechanism out, your, your handle, and it replaces your deadbolt. But it's inside the door. It doesn't have to replace your door handle. It just replaces your door bolt. Hmm. So the idea is that you tell it to turn on the open the door, it slides out the, the deadbolt. Tell it to lock it back, it slides it back. So if you're someone that is okay using your deadbolt as that's your lock, that's your the way you lock your door, then you can have your door locked and unlocked automatically that nice. way. And it doesn't change the appearance of your door or your your door hardware at all. So I like that a lot too. But yeah, you can still open it manually like you always do. Yeah. You yeah. still can. It still operates through a key. It's, you can still override it and do it manually. But I love the fact that I could say, you know what? Hey, Siri, open the front door. And there you go. It's open. That's cool. Ready to go. Um, so that I'm excited about too. Um, lighting. We've got some under under the counter in our kitchen lighting that is a Wi-Fi smart controlled as well. Um, and uh, yeah. And then uh, one last thing I'll mention that I was excited about too. So we have a just two levels here in the house. My, my, my boys are both up in the converted attic space. There's bedrooms up there in the bathroom. They basically have their own apartment space up there. They, we don't see them anymore uh, unless, they're, <laughs> unless they're passing through just to go out to leave, to go outside. Um, so contacting them is a little bit of a challenge whenever dinner's ready or we need them for something. So uh, we did get a little HomePod mini to put up upstairs. Okay. So they yeah. have some play, play some music upstairs, but the HomePod mini can also double as an intercom system, which is kind of cool. So I can actually say to Siri, Hey, intercom. Uh, and then tell it what room to intercom to, and then say the message. And then it will, within a couple seconds, play that message on that device <laughs> in that room. So the, we've had to kind of go the intercom route because these are really thick walls in this old house. Yeah. And we cannot hear anything upstairs. They cannot hear anything downstairs. And uh, saves us a lot of yelling and screaming and flicking, flicking on and off the light, light <laughs> in the hallway. Um, so I love the intercom feature. We've been playing around with that, and that works pretty well, too. Nice. So uh, uh, yeah, the, only thing I, the only thing I could not do in this house, and I'm really bummed about it, is the thermostat. Um we had to have a system put in uh, the sellers put in an air conditioning system for us uh, before we got it moved into the house. And because of the, the way they had to position the thermostat, they had to put in a Wi-Fi enabled thermostat for this particular air conditioning system. But it's just to give them a remote Wi-Fi therm- therm- thermostat to their unit down in the basement. And I can't mm-hmm. swap it out with a, complete wired uh like an ecobee or anything because the ecobee actually has to wire into your wall where the wires are to the air conditioning system there's not any up and upstairs in our thermostat our thermostat itself is a wi-fi connected hmm. to the basement and it's their own proprietary one it's a honeywell and so i can't replace it so and i can't control it through home kit or anything else so that i'm a little bummed about yeah um, it stinks that's the one that's the one piece of the puzzle i cannot get automated i'm i'm frustrated about it so yeah um, yeah but otherwise everything I'm, else i'm kind of impressed with everything else you're saying though i mean i'm yeah. gonna I'm, I'm i appreciate you 
ending with something that you weren't able to do so that I can hold that over you and say that it's really not a smart home. But uh, it's not. I do want to hear. So with the, the HomePod Mini, have you tried the having all of your HomePod and your HomePod Mini playing the same music at the same time? And Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, works and it works great. seamlessly. Okay. It works so good. So Sweet. nice. And, um, and the sound's fact, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, for the size and the yeah. price, it's really good. Um, I love the fact, too, that the HomePod and the HomePod Mini now, in recent updates, now allow you to use multiple people on it. So my family, all four of us share a family iCloud account. We all four have our own individual iCloud accounts, but they're all under a family. And we all have our own music. We only have our own playlist and everything else. So now you can actually, it can learn who who's who, and it can actually switch to that user. <laughs> so my boys upstairs can be playing their music off of their playlist, and I can be playing mine on, on mine downstairs. But if I were to go upstairs and ask it to start playing my playlist, it would actually switch over to mine. Nice. Which is really nice. And, yeah, that's uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, so it's... Um, well, I'm impressed, Alan. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm not done yet. I still yeah. need some Wi-Fi smoke detectors and carbon monoxide sensors. And I'm still not giving up on the thermostat. I'm still going to figure out some way to do something with that. Um, there's got to be there's got to be a way either uh, either a way to get your your uh, Apple Home to be able to connect to that Wi-Fi device because obviously if it's got a Wi-Fi connection, there's got to be some way of tapping yeah. into it or overriding it or doing something, but that's your challenge, uh, right? That is my challenge. Yeah. I will figure out a way to do that for sure. So, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's my, nice. my smart home so far. I'm uh, still a work in progress, but by the time we start up some new uh, episodes for season two here in 2021, I should have some more updates to share and some nice some more, more uh, hopefully uh, closer to completion. So, well, we will be anxiously awaiting. Um, Okay, so we we got to hear about our favorite bits from the year, favorite home tech right now. I thought it'd also be helpful to uh, kind of look at the opposite side of the spectrum here, Alan. Let's let's talk for just a second about some either some bad technology that's out there, or useless technology, or things that we're realizing just uh, are, are coming around that we just don't think there's a real need for. Um, so I thought I would let let me start since you've kind of got us going with your home here. Um, I sent this one to you a few weeks ago and, uh, and I was wondering whether or not you, you got it and, and whether or not you thought I was serious when I sent it to you. But, um, so here's my random useless home tech, uh, idea. And, uh, for those who haven't seen this Kentucky fried chicken is, and I thought this was a spoof when it first came out, but it turns out it's not a spoof. So Kentucky Fried Chicken is selling a new game console or going to be selling a game console. And this is a game console that's going to allow you to play, you know, uh, real legit uh, video games. But the one unique element it has obviously makes sense in that KFC is giving you a game console. It's going to have a tray inside this game console that you pull the tray out and it's a warming tray. So you actually can put your chicken inside the warming tray slides inside your game console. So while you're playing, when you get a finally a break in your, you know, your shoot 'em up game that you're playing, you can grab a piece of chicken and it's still warm and you don't have to leave your couch. And uh, so 
I I hope uh, I'm not I hope I'm not being rude by saying this is kind of useless, Alan, because hopefully you didn't take that and actually buy one um, when I sent it to you uh, a few weeks ago. No, but. I didn't. I mean, I'll admit it looks it looks a lot cooler than I would expect it to look. Um, but yeah, there's well, still really, the what did you expect it to look like? You tell me, you tell me, KFC is making a game console. I'm not expecting anything for. <laughs> super modern and techie looking, but that's exactly what this is. And, uh, you know, the fact that it's got the smoke rising out the top of it, you know, and, and, and you realize it's not because it runs so, so hot playing the games. It's truly, it's just warming your chicken for you. Uh, it's crazy. It, it, it's really crazy. So, but it uh, is, it is, it's, I will say it's an efficient use of the heat that comes from your game console, right? It is taking it, the heat from the game console right. and, allowing you to continue. It's even calling it a chicken chamber, which chicken I think chamber. is kind of, kind of badass, honestly. All right. If you got a chicken I, I, chamber. I, I could not deal with this. Uh, a, because I don't, I try not to eat a lot of fried chicken anymore. B, um, I get nervous about food crumbling all over electronics. So uh, yeah, it, this is taking it to the max. This is actually putting fried crust, cr- crunchy food in a tray on top of your 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 equipment your your computer equipment so that scares me well at least um, it's not a, i mean at least it's not a chicken fryer right i mean that would be that would be yeah. pretty crazy right you pull the tray out and you drop it in the grease and make sure you have your fresh fried chicken right there <laughs> i uh i don't know i i don't know if this is completely crazy or genius i really have no idea i can well, i guess we'll see i guess we'll see how many they sell right one man it's gonna be a yep. whole new year all this yep. new stuff happening. yeah no i thought the you know i i think on the surface it sounds pretty useless but i mean who knows i'm not a gamer i don't eat a lot of fried chicken so i'm not the target market right now for this i will um, say if this would have if this would have been announced back in march you know people would have gotten midway through this pandemic and thought eh. <laughs> You know, I'm playing video games. Yeah, it's true. I don't. I don't want to get up anymore. Nah, that, that that is true. They work. did miss a window of time. They could yeah. Really this push this, this more, is kind so. of one of those uh, after the fact trying to hit it. So anyway, well, so that's me, that's one me, uh, for me. I think it's kind of useless. So I've got one. To, I think I, I can match you on. You're going to beat me on this one. Okay, lay it on. Okay, in, in, in my desire to make this really nice smart home. I tried looking at everything to say, is there anything at all that I just don't not really thinking about that I could actually make Wi-Fi enabled and have connectivity to that maybe I just haven't thought about. And so I'm researching and reading and watching a lot of things. And most everything I come across, I'm like, yeah, I could totally see how that would work. That would be great. But then I came across one item where I said, you know what? This is pushing the boundaries of what I feel like is needed. This is a... It's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a Wi-Fi enabled smart egg tray. So basically, it is a egg tray to put your eggs in that you buy at the store, stays in your fridge, and the whole purpose of what it does is it will sync with your smartphone to tell you how many eggs you've got. <laughs> <laughs> Just tells you how many eggs you have left. That's it. Yep. Not not like how how new they are and whether or not they're going bad. It just tells you how. Okay. Well, no, I'll, I'll, okay. All right. All right. So you are you are seeing some value. I'm it, seeing it, some it value. Supposedly, it does supposedly tell you when they're going bad, just based on uh-huh. like you set it in on this date, and now it should be bad by here. But I mean, come on, really? 
we a whole device, a whole product, just to count your eggs for you and let you know how long you've had them. It's a little much. It's a little. It's much, a little right? much. It's a little much. It's a little much. So yeah. the there are LED lights inside that will indicate the oldest egg. So the one that's been there the longest will have uh-huh. like some sort of light on it. Okay. Um, now you're now you're starting to to get a little push, more useful. Push notifications will alert you when you are running low on eggs. Um. Hmm. All right. Well, you know, I'm starting to think about it more. Maybe. This <laughs> Maybe it's worth maybe it's worth a, an effort. Right? Uh, maybe maybe I maybe I ridiculed this a little too quick. I'm actually thinking about it. I'm like, wow. Okay, okay well, let me. Uh, so, okay, let me let me jump in for a minute because yeah, yeah. right because I think the problem is that it is solely for eggs. Okay, imagine though that you had in your fridge like twelve of these sensors, and you could put them on things like. You know, you have a cheese tray that says, hey, listen, cheese is getting old. <laughs> I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't eat this if I were you, right? right? You have one under the milk that says, this is when the milk is getting low so that you don't wake up in the morning and don't have milk for your cereal, right? right. I mean, yep. if there were things that you do forget about and either make that, that go bad or things that you just want to make sure you're notified of, you know, I talked about earlier in the uh the year, I think it was back with digital assistants. We talked about, um, you know, some of the grocery list apps, you know, that'll kind of keep track of things, which we use a lot. But, you know, what if something automatically put itself on your digital grocery list when it got down to half of the milk gone, right? Now I get it. Eggs is too limited, right? It's way too limited. Um, but if there were some, there were some sensors that could be adapted, maybe multiple sensors that could determine like, how long it was till that something had been reset. Um, I could see some uses for that. Yeah. I'm kind of rethinking my, I'm kind of I'm rethinking my whole approach to this though. I'm actually thinking, you know what? Yeah. Maybe I, maybe I want all those sensors in my fridge. Maybe I want everything to tell me what's going on, how old they are, everything, how many I have. Actually, you know what? I mean, it's nine bucks. I mean, I mean, you get you get maybe five or six of those and put them on you know important items in uh, in your fridge. See now when you when you told me about it and I thought back to you know I've talked about my kegs of beer and having sensors to let me know when I'm getting low on those things. That's incredibly yeah. valuable, right? It's incredible. Oh, yeah, that's very that's very important. Yeah, that's yeah. important. But if I was able to do that with a number of other things in my fridge. Um, Things that when I got back from the store, I don't kick myself realizing that, you know, I only had half of a, uh, you know, half of a carton of milk left. Uh, I could see that. I've never, never said to myself, oh my gosh, I really wish I would have known how many eggs I had and, uh, you know, how old they were. That That's not something that's come up, but. <laughs> okay. But I do have to tell you. We have to put the link to this Amazon listing in the show notes because you need to go read the question and answers. <laughs> no, seriously, it's it's hilarious. Um, can this product be used as an incubate incubator? <laughs> I like to count my I like to count my chickens before they hatch. <laughs> yes. Uh, is it the answer that they have to answer this seriously? Like this will not work as an incubator as it does not generate any heat. 
If, on the other hand, you want to know when or what chicks have come out of their eggs, the answer is maybe. <laughs> because the egg seeps over a light sensor, so it does, if you did put chickens in there, like eggs that were going to hatch chicks, it could actually let you know when the chicks have hatched. Anyway. Uh. Was this product designed to suffer, drive suffer, sufferers of OCD insane because it holds 14 eggs and the <laughs> eggs are sold by the dozen? <laughs> I love it. Oh, uh, this is good. This is, yeah, we're going to, we're going to definitely put that in the show notes. We're All right. This is fun stuff. Okay. Yeah. And I'm uh, very happy to, another... happy to see that it only has, you know, two and a half stars. So thank goodness, <laughs> right? If it would have had like five stars, I would have been really concerned. Uh, that's great. Uh, okay, I've got another right. one. Um, you got another one, sure. I do have another one real quick. Um, so I've been seeing this one actually multiple places um, on some shows have been bringing it up. But I, I'm I'm baffled with the fact that people are actually giving it airplay. But it's called the Lex Folding Wearable Chair. And I don't know if you've seen this or not, but you strap on a a waist device and it has these oh, two yeah. legs hanging down behind you so that you just sit back at any time, anywhere you are, you can sit back and you can sit on these legs. And the, the health and fitness part of me screams, why, why are we looking to be able to sit when there's always a chance to sit, right? I mean, how hard, how hard is it to sit right now? I could see there are certain people. Sure. You need, you know, certain people uh, will need a walker, for example, and need something to lean on or need something that they can sit on. But to 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 advertise this for the general person, right, the the working right. person, just to be able to say, hey, listen, you know, I've been sitting here talking with you for 10 seconds now. I'm getting tired. I'm going to go ahead and I'm, sit. Right. I'm going to take I'm going to take a sit. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a little too much for me. I think you know what that's that's where someone 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 threw it out there and decided to take advantage of uh, some laziness that so, we have. So let's talk about a couple things with this. So you're right. I, I don't know in today's society that there's many places where you can't find somewhere to sit. Right. Okay. Every home you you live in has places to sit. Every office or work environment has places to sit. Now, okay. If you were to ask me, where could I possibly need a thing like this? Okay, if I'm out in the wilderness, if I'm out somewhere where there's not natural seating, if, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whatever. However, the drawback to that is to if you were going to go hiking somewhere and you wanted to have a seat, you now got to lug this thing br braced on the back, on your back or on the back of your legs as you're going hiking, which doesn't seem like a very good idea. Right. So the places you would need it are not places where you'd really want to be carrying this thing to go there. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't, I, I'm looking at the photos right now that they've put up of like uh, models wearing this, this thing <laughs> and using it. And I just don't buy it. Like there's a, a girl who's got her headphones on and she's got her backpack and then right strapped to her bottom side is this foldable chair thing. Yeah. It looks, like, looks like she's wearing a sled or something, which I, I right. don't, yeah, I just don't see. I don't see how that's going to work. So anyway, no, no I'm, I'm not on board with this at all. No, no. I hope this goes away quickly. Yep, yep. I uh, I think this is one of those that. Uh, I mean, you know, if you gave me a if you gave me a folding seat, a folding uh, stool that was maybe the size of a small umbrella, 
and I could put it in my bag or something, or I could put it on my hip if I know it was going to go somewhere that I needed to be able to sit, right, and, and not have a uh, an easy way to sit down. But I'm not going to be wearing it all day long. This is just crazy, yeah, yeah. right? No, it yeah. just makes no sense. I mean, could you imagine, like, you know, you know, someone accidentally bumps you, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're sitting in a seat, and it's just, you know, there's there's just a lot of things that could go wrong with this. I think uh, there's some dangers. So, so I think that's one of those that to me is uh, a little useless, and um, and and I'm hoping goes away. So, what about you? Got any others? Any well, other I useless things? I got one more, and I can't I can't decide if this is useless tech or not. Because at first when I read about it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is pretty pointless. Now I'm starting to hear that maybe there's a feature on it that would actually make it uh, worthwhile. So so there's batteries that are Wi-Fi enabled now. Batteries, nine volt batteries. Okay. And you may ask yourself why. Hmm. And I did at first too. And the first thing I heard was that it's going to notify you with a text message or notification on your phone before the battery runs out. And they recommend using these in smoke detectors. My thing is smoke detectors already let you know when the battery's running yep. low. Yep. Now, granted, if you're someone who doesn't like the chirp going on in the middle of the night on your, your smoke detector, then I could see maybe having a battery in there that would notify you instead so you could replace it out. I could see kind of makes sense. Here's where it doesn't make sense. It's 48 bucks. This is the Roost specialty battery. It is a nine volt battery, a single battery, and it's $48. Now, here's the thing I am reading more about it, though. And actually, I've read this as a something if you cannot, um, like I have a couple of hardwired smoke detectors in my house. Mm-hmm. And I'd really like for them to be Wi-Fi enabled ones, but right now they're 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 wired, so I'd have to get some wired ones to replace it. And those are a little pricier than I'd really was hoping to spend on them. But I have read people say that these batteries will also notify you if they detect sound. In other words, the sound of a frequency of a smoke alarm going off. Mm-hmm. Even if it's its own smoke alarm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So the idea then becomes that your smoke alarm can be a traditional old cheap one you buy at a Dollar General that's like a couple dollars, put it up in a room, you put one of these smart batteries in there, and the battery is actually going to notify you if it hears the alarm. So it's basically like you've created it, made it a Wi-Fi smoke alarm. Hmm. It's still $48. $48. And these are not rechargeable. Uh, no. Oh, uh, No. Okay, the, if it was rechargeable, I can understand that. On the Amazon listing, it says, as a bullet point, replaceable battery. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning so, you can buy another one here, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, yes, this is a feature of this battery is that you are it allowed be to replaced. buy an additional one to replace it. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh, replaceable well, battery mark, lasts, marketing genius. Re- replaceable battery lasts five plus years. Now, saying five years. But, uh, okay. I don't know. well, yeah. Okay. So let's take it, let's take it. So the nine volts kind of tricky, right? Because what, what do we really use nine volts for anymore? Right. I mean, the, the, the yeah, I mean, smoke detectors, right. Carbon monoxide, those things, right. We don't use nine volts, but if you told me I had like, uh, Wi-Fi enabled triple A's that I could put in a remote 
right? I would start to say this is just ridiculous, right? That it, it would make no sense for me to to have. Now, I can see why they're doing that. They're saying, why do you need to buy all new devices when what you could do is get these batteries that could then switch within these devices, right? And give you the, the signal. Uh, it's just like the sensors that we talked about before, the home sensors, right? You didn't, you don't need the device to actually give you, well, it's like your garage door opener. You didn't need a new garage door opener. You just needed a sensor to, to be able to give you control of that garage door opener. Um, but I think that's taking it a bit too far, right? I well, think it's a bit too far. And, and we're not even going to really go spend much more time on this because if you read the reviews on it, it sounds like they don't really work anyway. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> well, it is a 53%, so 53% of its reviews are one star reviews. So, yeah, it's uh, so basically you are correct in saying that it might be useless. It right. is. So yeah. I'm going to go and put it in the yeah. useless category for now. So <laughs> I am all for completely automating a smart home, but I also do it within reason. I, I think there's some things that just aren't worth the money right. to try to make automated. Uh, and then you've still got to ask yourself, are you going to have to go through more hoops and hurdles to maintain, to maintain it? And if so, then it may not be worth it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It pains me to have parts of my home, electronic parts of my home that are not connected or automated, but there is a trade-off you got to make and there's a, an evaluation you have to make as well. So, yeah. yeah. Well, when we talked about home automation, Alan, I mean, I think it is, there is a, there's a good discussion to have about, you know, let's say you say you want to automate your light. Well, there's a number of ways of doing that, right? You can automate the the bulb. You can, you can buy a lamp itself that has automation built in, or you can go straight to the power source and make the plug, the outlet, right? Yeah. Automated. And just knowing which one of those is going to be the way, the smart way of doing it. You know, me, I have can lights in my house built in. So therefore I can't really go to the source. I can't go to the plug, yeah. So the bulb's the way to go, right? I have control of the bulb. But with a lamp, you know, it makes doesn't make a lot of sense to me to buy a bulb for a lamp unless I want something like color, right? Or if I want dimming, if I want dimming, great. I've got to use the bulb or I have to use the lamp, but I can't, you know, if I just want to turn on and off, it makes a ton yeah. more sense to buy the outlet, right? Or the, sure. the, 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 the smart outlet. So I think kind of looking at your entire power source and figure out, well, what do I want control of? What makes no sense? And yeah. figure out where and what can be useful well, in other ways and in the future, right? And keep in mind with a smart outlet, I mean, it's very possible you could have uh, multiple things plugged in through some sort of strip to that smart outlet. So you could control right. multiple things with right. one thing. So again, something to think about. Christmas and lights, like we talked about. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then there's like the situation in my house here where my wife is not a big fan of the light that comes off of LED right. uh, uh, smart bulbs. Yes, like the bright white. Especially, mm-hmm. especially if she's going for a certain vibe and kind of feel in a certain room. Yeah, it's not quite the right kind of light to have sometimes in the room. So we went with these smart outlets in her room to say, all right, fine. All your lamps are on smart outlets. So you can still turn them on and off. We can have them on schedule. But you get to use your own light bulbs that you want to use that are mm-hmm. – the ones you you like better the way they look. So, um, oh, that's yeah. interesting. So you, yeah, you you completely threw me for a loop there. I thought you were going to say she doesn't like the bright white, so therefore you went with bulbs that you could make lower or a different color or kind no, of a non-white. She wanted the more clear uh, natural lights, mm-hmm. where you know it's just. I mean, it is true. LED and, and LED bulbs, and especially ones that have color capabilities, 
they do give off a different, slightly different light yep. than you would yep. like a clear bulb with the filament clear on the inside and gives like a little more of a bright yellow, yellowish light. Um, it is a different look. So yeah. I get it, you know, and yep. um, like I had some lights over can lights over my mantle at my old house and I tried putting the led bulbs up there and they just did not look good. They just gave a really too, too much white, just not an, it's just a weird look to it. So I, I just, those are the only two lights that I said, Nope, I'm keeping the old traditional bulbs in those. Cause I like to look better. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're getting better with the looks of these light bulbs. Mm-hmm. I noticed they started making some elite, some uh, Wi-Fi smart bulbs that are the clear bulbs with like the Edison type looking lamps yeah. in them. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. Okay. That's once they start making those more affordable and ma- more of those around, I think then, uh, then the days of getting old, old traditional bulbs are going to be gone. Yeah. So. Yeah. And we, we bought one bulb uh, for our living room, the one main lamp there where we got the bulb that has multiple colors. So we can then tell it to do a, you know, uh, a, a, an off-white, you know, or a, a red tint or a green tint or whatever. Not that we would with some of those colors, but it allowed us a lot of flexibility of the, um, the type of white that was, yeah. that was being shown, which is kind of nice. So Sure. Yeah. Hoy. The bulbs are getting better. They're definitely getting better, but I still you can still tell a little bit of a difference um, yeah. on things yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Well, All right. Alan, we uh, we seem to have kind of recapped 2020 pretty well, right? You and I had yeah, yeah. a lot of episodes. We covered a lot of things. I think uh, I think regardless of whether anyone else benefited from our episodes, it sounds like you and I both benefited from it, and we had a good time together. Um, There's something to be said for doing a podcast, even if it's just for your own enjoyment. That's fine too. Well, I thought what would be nice to end on um, would be, well, let's look to 2021. I think, uh, I think it would be an understatement to say that many of us are looking for 2020 to end and to, uh, to definitely be hindsight uh, uh, in a short amount of time. So I thought maybe why don't you and I real quickly kind of give maybe our hopes, our resolutions for technology in 2021. Uh, what are you hoping to see? Is there anything on the horizon that you're really looking forward to seeing or that you would like to have uh, showing up? Things that you think you're missing right now, that technology is not doing well or that uh, that you're uh, you're really hoping for in the, in the new year? Yeah, I am. Um... I mean, the biggest thing for me, and I feel like a broken record because I think I talked about it all year. The biggest thing for me is always about integration. How do things work together? Because right now we're just being inundated with apps and controls and different ways of controlling different things. It's why I've been preaching the whole, whether it's HomeKit or Amazon or Google Home or whatever platform, just adopting one and having everything work with that. Um I'm I'm thankful that more and more things I'm finding right now are HomeKit compatible or at least have a version that's HomeKit compatible, but it's not universal. I've still got a lot of challenges when I go shopping for smart outlets or bulbs or not that. I have to look really carefully and read the fine print to say, does this work with Apple HomeKit? Because I do not want to manage multiple apps. I don't want to manage multiple systems. Yeah. So my hope for 2021 is we just continue to get more and more integrated where I just want to be able to buy a piece of technology that will work for my lifestyle or work for my home and know that it's going to work with my system, whichever system I've adopted 
And as long as I've adopted one of the two or three main systems, I would like to believe that everything will work with them. And uh, it's disappointing when they don't. And um, that's my biggest hope. Nothing, nothing gets me more weary and frustrated with technology when things just aren't designed to work together. Hmm. Um, so that's my big hope for 2021. More integration, more more playing nice with one another on uh, different devices and different platforms. So can't we all just get along? That's what you're wanting. Get along. It's all I'm asking for a little, yeah. just a little world peace. That's all yeah. I want. Everybody getting along, everybody working together, playing together. Yeah. Well, I, I will, I will agree with you. And that I think that is a very, a, a very, uh, an ideal goal, right? Let our technology work together. And I'll give you an example of that. Um, one that I mentioned earlier, Right. How I love YouTube TV. I absolutely yeah. love what it does in terms of yeah. uh, its inter- its ability to, to have a great user interface. But I am so but. annoyed <laughs> that it will not integrate with Apple devices. Uh, and by integrate, I don't mean that you can't see YouTube TV. Right. I use an Apple TV to watch uh, YouTube TV and it's fantastic. Right. A- Apple TV yeah. does a great job of showing YouTube TV and letting control that. But it doesn't show up in the Apple TV app. So if you pull up the Apple TV app, it won't show you things from YouTube TV, even though it it recognizes you have that subscription. It'll show you things from Hulu. It'll show you things from Netflix, right, uh, or Amazon, but it will not show you things. So still, Google and Apple are not getting along enough to allow us to have a great experience. And I, and I really don't get it from Apple's point of view uh, because... Apple doesn't have their own live TV streaming. Yeah, so why right. doesn't it just say, you know, Google pay us a little extra money and we'll let you, you know, be a part of our of our system? Uh, because that truly would be wonderful, right? If I was able to pull up the Apple TV app and have the integration of YouTube to be able to see what's happening, what I've recorded there, all of that. So that's one of the integration pieces that I think really needs to happen. Um, and maybe I get it a couple of years ago, YouTube TV was not, high on everybody's list, right? Everybody was looking at Hulu. Everybody was thinking that, you know, they were kind of the latecomers, but they have left everyone else behind and Apple really needs to get on board or Google needs to get on board. One or the other, one or the other needs to give to the other. I could have swore I've actually read or heard somewhere that it's Google not wanting to play in the application. I I wouldn't be surprised, right? I would not be surprised. Because yeah, I, I think what these other companies are concerned about tying into the Apple TV environment is that if you see something on on the Apple TV app and you see a movie or you see a show and you click on it, in theory, you're kind of bypassing the menu of Netflix yep. or Hulu or wherever else. And so that's brand recognition for them. They're losing that's control. They're losing. And I know that's why YouTube TV doesn't want to do it because if, if they tie into Apple TV's uh, ecosystem, then all of a sudden you never know that you're actually watching something on YouTube TV. You're just, Hey, here's a TV show and, and my Apple TV said it's available. So cool. I'm going to go watch it. And then you go watch it. And then when you're done, you turn it off and you never are the wiser. Right. That right. what you were doing. I get it from a business standpoint, but from a consumer standpoint, it's extremely frustrating and annoying. So yes, yep. I'm with you. it really is. It really is. And, and maybe I, I get it. They're all still looking for you to still rent or stream and, and buy other movies from them. So they want you in their, their ecosystem to be able to do that. But man, 
my TV watching experience would be so much better. And, and it's really good right now for TV only, but integrating those things together uh, would be really, or qu- quite honestly, I would be okay if it did the opposite. If YouTube TV allowed me to see inside them, Netflix, Amazon TV, Apple TV Plus, if I was able to see them in the user interface of YouTube TV, which is fantastic. Yeah. Right. I'd be okay with that too. Uh, but I know that it's going to be easier to go the other way. Um, Alan, the other thing that I'll quickly mention, um, just on that same note, I did get my first, actually it's my second, but it's, it's, uh, I, I was able to get one recently. YouTube TV gave me a free Chromecast where they said, Hey, you know, we want, you know, we're going to send you a Chromecast if you want. So I said, okay. And they sent me a Chromecast to, that I put in my, um, in my bedroom. And the Chromecast obviously is a really small device that plugs into the HDMI, has a little power cord from it. Um, And I've used it before. Really good for traveling because it's so small, right? Throw it in your bag and plug it into anything. But what I, what I had not used before until just now was the fact that what we just talked about YouTube TV integrating with a full system, the Google home system that works through Chromecast. So you pull up Chromecast and it recognizes your your Nest, which is now owned by Google. It recognizes your Google Homes that you have. It recognizes other Roku devices that you have because they're integrating nicely. It actually has kind of a, like Apple TV has its own TV app. Google Home or Google TV has their own app that shows you YouTube TV as part of it, which is really slick. So I started realizing now this is this is a pretty slick system. It's very similar to using an Apple TV, an Apple TV uh, app, but you're using the Google version of it. And given that I'm bought in 100% to YouTube TV, it was uh, pretty yeah. slick. So it's possible I may end up moving that to my full TV and start using it as my day-to-day. I don't think it's as uh, powerful as an Apple TV it doesn't have the same processors, so I'm worried a little sure. bit about speed and all of that. But um, but the integration so is potentially really really good. So, well, yeah. yeah I mean, again, I I hey, just because I've bought into the Apple ecosystem, I I'm I'm the first to say that I think Google's doing some really good stuff with their integrated systems right now. And I love the way things are working together there. So, if I wasn't already so heavily invested mentally and financially in the home kit environment. I mean, yep. I would definitely be more interested in the Google side as yep. well. I agree. And, uh, I think we, we mentioned yeah. that back in, uh, in one of our earlier episodes and both of us were kind of kicking ourselves. Cause I went fully in with the Amazon, you know, the echoes and the dots and you went in with the Apple. And, and I think both of us are kind of not regretting it necessarily, but there are things that I think Google does really, really well that I yeah, think there's definitely some can, advantages we could have reaped with Google that we, yep. we, we did not. So for sure. Yeah. Sure. All right. It sounds like you and I are both saying just, yeah, integration is the big thing. Just make everything work together nicely. Don't force me to go to a store and have to look carefully at the little tags on every device and say, will this work with my service? Will this right. work with my products or not? And uh, Or to buy something and get it home and find out it doesn't really work with it and just got to deal with yep. that. Yep. So, yeah, I, I, I want everything to work nicely with one another. Products should be Products should be evaluated on the quality of the product not on whether it connects with your system or not, you know? Right. So, right. Yeah. Whether it's going to play nicely. Yeah. Yep. Well, That's so good. I think there's a really good uh, hopes to have for 2021. I hope that, uh, right. I hope that they, they come to fruition, right. That we will actually see better integration and, uh, and hopefully less silos 
occurring with these big tech companies, you know, and a little bit more handholding. I'm hoping each one, you know, the Amazon, the Google, the, the Apple, I'm hoping they all start recognizing this is what we do really well compared to the other one. And if we can put our stake in the ground on that one and use your stake in the ground on your thing yeah. and everybody play nicely, um, it would certainly make our lives a little cleaner. Now I get it. They're not going to make as much money that way, or maybe they don't believe they're going to, but it would just be really, really slick to have uh, that experience. So yeah, I completely agree. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to 2021 getting started here in another day or two. And, yep. uh, and then Brian, of course, like you and I talked about before, we are going to be starting season two of our show in early 2021. And we've got, got some good ideas coming together on how we're going to do that and what that's going to look like. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, for to change it up a little bit, right? We're going to, yeah. we're going to kind of provide a little, little different variation of what we've been doing and see if we can, uh, spark some more interest and get some more help to the people that need the help, uh, when they need it. So I think it's going to be good. Yeah. I agree. I'm looking forward to it. So stay tuned. Uh, keep watching this space for anything announcement wise we put out in the podcast. And then also we will be, uh, putting out some things on a new website and some other uh, ways of communicating too. So a lot of ways, just kind of stay tuned. We'll keep you posted on what's going on with season two, whenever it's ready. So I guess we'll wrap it up. Happy new year to you, Brian. Happy new year, Alan. I'm uh, looking forward to 2021 or I should just say, I'm looking forward to get rid of getting rid of 2020. Right. I, uh, it's 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 not excitement of what we're moving to. It's excitement about what we're moving away from. Right. So, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Let's get to yeah. a new year. So, That's all right. Cool. Well, happy holidays to everybody, and this has been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Brothers in Tech, don't forget to uh, check out past episodes on uh, all your favorite podcast catchers where we are featured. But on TheMesh.TV is the website where you can find us. TheMesh.TV, T-H-E-M-E-S-H.TV. And we will look forward to talking to you next year. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.